Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi everyone, this is Peter Hunt, and I'm back in the lookout to discuss another tricky Maya issue. When I first started practicing as a CTP lawyer, before the turn of the last century, things were pretty straightforward. Acting for claimants, which I actually did for a couple of years. You call the Motor Accidents Authority, tell them the accident date, they would tell you the CTP insurer on risk, and you then make a claim against that insurer. The only issue was whether the driver was at fault. If they were, and provided procedural hurdles were satisfied, damages would either be agreed upon or assessed. Pretty simple. It was a third-party, totally fault-based system. But things are more complicated now. What Maya has introduced is a mishmash of a first-party, third-party liability, a hybrid system of no-fault and fault-based stat benefits, a totally fault-based entitlement to limited common law damages, a complicated injection of blameless accident entitlements for both stat benefits and damages, and an overarching entitlement to lifetime care and support for the very seriously injured. So what I plan to do in this podcast is provide an outline of an insurer's liability for stat benefits in the first six months, for stat benefits after the first six months, and for common law damages. I'll do my best to explain it verbally, but if you need a visual aid, I've left a link on the email alert, which takes you to a schedule which I hope sets out all the detail. The starting point is that Maya only introduces a truly no-fault scheme for the first 26 weeks of STAT benefits. And even then, some claimants are specifically excluded from the system. If the injured person is charged with or convicted of a serious driving offence, they are not entitled to STAT benefits. They can come back later, however, if they are acquitted. Where an injured person is entitled to workers' compensation, they must make a workers' compensation claim rather than a stat benefits claim under Maya. They have no right to choose between the two schemes. And the driver of an uninsured vehicle cannot claim stat benefits, provided they were mostly at fault. The same applies to the injured owner of an uninsured vehicle if the accident was 61% or more the result of their failure to maintain the vehicle. Now, this may be somewhat controversial, But my view remains that a driver injured in a no-fault accident is also excluded from STAT benefits even for the first six months if their driving input, either through act or omission, contributed to the accident. They are the only category of injured person, in my view, totally excluded from both STAT benefits and common law damages. If you want to know more about no-fault accidents, I explain my thinking in episode one of the Proper Lookout podcast series. You can find it on our website or on iTunes. 
other than those four categories, every other person injured in a motor accident in New South Wales is entitled to stat benefits for the first 26 weeks, irrespective of whether they were wholly at fault, partially at fault, or not at fault in any way. Even the driver whose injury is 100% their own fault is entitled to six months of stat benefits by virtue of Section 3.1 to lowercase b. Now, it appears obvious that some injured people are only entitled to stat benefits for the first six months and are then barred from all further compensation, even common law damages. If a driver travels through a red light and collides with another vehicle, for example, that driver may collect stat benefits for six months. They cannot, however, claim common law damages because there is no other at-fault driver to sue. What may be less obvious is that some injured people may have their stat benefits cut off at six months, but may come back for common law damages down the track. The pedestrian, for example, who runs across the road into the path of another vehicle is likely to be mostly at fault. As such, their stat benefits end at six months. If, however, the driver was partially at fault, for example, because they were speeding or because they saw the pedestrian running towards the road and failed to act, then the mostly at fault pedestrian can still sue the driver for common law damages. What may be surprising is that some injured people can claim common law damages even though they were excluded from stat benefits entirely. An injured person who has workers' compensation rights, for example, cannot receive any stat benefits, even for the first six months, but they can make a common law claim and recover their NEL and economic loss, provided they can prove fault. The driver of an uninsured vehicle, though mostly at fault, can still claim common law damages if some other driver was also at fault. Even the driver convicted of a serious driving offence, though excluded from the stat benefits regime, could claim common law damages if they have someone else to sue. An example might be a drunk driver injured when another driver travels through a red light, causing a collision. All they need to prove is a scintilla of negligence by somebody else to make a common law claim. Another interesting contrast is the way those mostly at fault are treated differently compared to those suffering minor injuries. As many listeners will know, an injured person ceases to be entitled to stat benefits at 26 weeks if either they suffered a minor injury or they were mostly at fault for the accident. In any event, those mostly at fault and those suffering minor injury are treated differently when it comes to making a common law claim. The minor injured are excluded totally. They cannot claim common law damages. By contrast, those mostly at fault can still sue the partially at fault driver for common law damages, although their damages will be reduced to the extent of their contrib neck. Now, if you're interested in what constitutes a minor physical injury, you should take a listen to episode 11 of this podcast series where James Kang discusses whether the elbow injury he sustained in a snowboarding incident constitutes a minor injury or not. you also find a real-time video of James's mishap on our website. Also, keep a proper lookout for our upcoming podcast on what constitutes a minor psych injury. Finally, if you're interested in what mostly at fault means, I've included a link to our mostly at fault guidelines, which you might find helpful. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.